0: Hey, it's Keith from Alien Ghost Robot Creative Media. Two quick notes. First, hang around after the credits to hear some trailers from other audio fiction podcasts you might like. Second, if you're enjoying this show and would like to support it and other programs like it, I'd be thrilled to have you join my Patreon. You can listen to all our shows ad-free and get some cool perks, too. The link is in the show notes or at thelovetalker.com. Thanks. The Love Talker is a folk horror audio fiction production and contains mature content, including adult language, violence, domestic abuse, and sexual assault. A complete list of content warnings for this episode can be found in the show notes. Listener discretion is advised. For the best audio experience, we recommend listening with headphones.
1: Is just over there. I remember. It's the doctor. I don't know his real name. Everyone just calls him Doc. I remember regular visits to his office. Constant examinations. Blood tests. Photos. Always with a smile. <laughs> I hated it. I I don't know why. I don't remember him ever being cruel. In fact, he was the only person who was friendly with me. But something about him, or the smell of his office, or... I don't know. this pit forms in my stomach. Easy now, easy. Hang in there. I'm fine. My head is killing me. There's blood running down my back. The years have aged him. His hair is white, what there is left of it. His wrinkles are deeper, but he still has this calmness about him, even with a rifle in his hand. The people are still outside, lining the road and standing on their porches, clutching their weapons, staring at me with murder in their eyes. The dock is all smiles, though. Charles Pugh is in the middle of the road, arms folded, blocking our way.
2: Charles? Uh, arthritis bothering you today? Where are you taking her? To my office. She got hurt. Nothing too bad, I think. You know what sister said. Let's not get into this now. Things got a little too head up and it's, uh, time for cooler heads. What's done is done. I'll be back to take care of poor Michael. Come on now.
1: Charles Pugh watches us walk past. I feel his eyes on my wounded back. What is... Not now. Let's get you
2: inside and see those lacerations. Just in here.
1: The doctor's house is by far the most modern in town... That's not saying much. It's the best maintained, at least. Divided into his exam room and office, and the rest of his house.
2: Now, climb up on the table, Angel. Take off your shirt while I go wash it. My... I'm gonna need to look at those scratches on your back.
1: Oh. Right. Everything still looks like it's 40 or 50 years old. At least it's clean. My flannel shirt has been shredded. My tank top clings to my back. Wet with blood. It hurts. Little channels of fire back there. I don't like this place. The smell of chemicals. The harsh light. I remember coming here, but I don't remember anything about it. I don't know. I never liked doctors. When I was younger, I'd file like hell when Mama Hannah tried to take me for checkups. It's... <sighs>
2: Here, take this washcloth. You might want to clean up your face a bit. There's blood on it.
1: Not mine. Michael's.
2: Thanks. I start with the head wound. <laughs> I'm have a nasty bump there for a while. Cut's not too deep. You feeling dizzy, nauseous, any uh, double vision?
1: No. Uh,
2: That's good. good. I'll bandage that up, give you a cold back for later. But if you have any of those symptoms, uh, get bad headaches, you come straight back to me. Okay. All right. You hurting anywhere else? Uh, Any broken bones from the fall, anything like that?
1: Uh, I I twisted my ankle, but I don't think it's that bad.
2: Oh, all right, I'll have a look at a moment. Let's let's look at your back, okay? Oh, sorry, sorry, darling.
1: I hate when they call me pet names.
2: Uh, a couple of these cuts are deep. Want to clean these out? This might sting a bit. Easy now, easy. There. I don't see anything too critical, although. but a couple need stitches.
1: Uh, okay. I guess that's fine. What's a few more scars?
2: Mm. You have some new ones back here. Not well, just the long, deep ones from when we found you.
1: I had those before?
2: Yeah, the long, white ones running along your spine? Yeah, yeah. I took care of those for you. Uh, these others, they, uh, they look like, um...
1: <clears throat> that's from where Sister Genevieve beat me. That woman. Like you didn't know. Like everyone in this town doesn't know how she treats her children.
2: Sisters keep their secrets.
1: Who? Who was that?
2: You mean Michael?
1: Yeah. yeah
2: Shame about that. Did my best with him, but no matter the skill of the Potter. You can only do so much with bad clay.
1: Sister Ginevere said he was found on the mountainside.
2: Sister Ginevere says a lot of things, some of which are nonsense. She is right about that. Old still, I'm applying a topical anesthetic.
1: But I was a foundling, too.
2: Yes, you were. But not like Michael. No, not you.
1: How many kids get left on the mountainside? Are there a lot of children like me? I
2: don't know them like you, Angel. Now, you might still feel a little discomfort here. Ow. Sorry, sorry. Try to keep still. This won't take too long. I must say, I was pleasantly surprised to hear you'd come back. Why did you?
1: I was looking for someone.
2: Uh-huh. Morris girl.
1: You know what happened to her? i still now. Sorry.
2: No, I can't help you there. I heard the sister going on about it. There. Last one. Let me tie this up.
1: But she knows something. She must. She sent Michael to kill me. She said something about... About it being a mercy. What does that mean? Uh,
2: Genevieve is the kind of woman who would smash the Venus to Milo because uh, it had bare breasts. Uh, let me have a look at that ankle now.
1: She tried to kill me. The whole town is trying to kill me. I found burned clothes in a fire pit up on the mountainside. I know Janet's been here. They've disabled my car. They don't want me leaving and bringing back the police.
2: Calm down. No one is going to harm you while you're in my care. The good sister has a year of many people here, but not all of them. The right many trust my counsel. I'm not going to let her fear run amok. We'll talk it all out and get to the bottom of everything.
1: She tried to kill me. And you want to talk it out?
2: look, we are a long way from Saltville Sheriff's Office. Always have been. We handle things ourselves up here out of necessity. Now, I am on your side, and I believe I can convince everyone that what the sister did was wrong. But bringing in outsiders who don't understand us and how we do things, you won't win any friends that way. Please, Catherine, Angel. Let me examine your ankle. Fine. does that hurt?
1: Mm, Little, not bad.
2: Probably a sprain. Just take it easy. Try not to walk on it a little while.
1: (laughs) Fat chance of that.
2: You can always stay here. Rest a while. Uh, Probably should, considering your head wound. In fact, since you're here, I should give you a complete physical.
1: What? Why? It's
2: been years since I examined you last, when you were a little girl. I'm interested in your overall well-being. Plus, it'll give me a chance to check you over for other ones.
1: No, I'm, I'm fine.
2: You, you sure? You're here. It's simple enough. Better for you to lay low for a while, anyway, while people cool down.
1: No, it's not. No, I'm fine.
2: All right then. Go on and get dressed. Just want to give you some antibiotics to prevent infection. I'll be right back.
1: My tank top is ruined. I'll just stick with the flannel. Oh, My back is stiff and sore. My head, too.
2: You want something for pain?
1: Tempting, right? Hmm. But better keep my wits about me. I'll do without.
2: Right, here you go. Antibiotics and a cold pack. And drink all that water, too. Thanks. Pity it needs to be under such dire circumstances, but... I am pleased as punch to see you again. You were a special child. Now, just look at you.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Why don't you go in the living room and relax a while? Turn on the TV if you like. A little bit, we'll sort all this
1: out. Yeah, okay. He remains behind, cleaning up the mess and wiping down the exam table. His living room is lit only by dappled daylight coming in through the window. The furniture is old, but quality, antique. And there's little wooden sculptures decorating practically every surface. A few animal figurines, a few duck decoys. But most of them are children, whittled in various poses of delight or play with painstaking detail. Their eyes are too large for their heads. Some of them have delicate insect wings like on a grasshopper or a dragonfly. There must be hundreds of them. Did he carve them? I can't seem to shake the unsettled feeling in me. I want to run, get out of here, get down the mountain, tell the police what happened. The charred fragment of zipper is still in my pocket, feeling heavier than it ought to be. God, Janet, what do they do to you? The nearest town is miles away and they disabled my car. How far can I get on a sprained ankle? Can I get a call out? Uh, But still, no bars. Damn it. Screw this. I I can't stay here. outside. The whole town. They're standing in a ring around the doctor's house about 50 feet away, just standing there with faces of cold anger. Men and women with machetes and hunting rifles and pitchforks.
2: You really should just rest a while.
1: The whole town is...
2: Don't worry about that. We'll have words and it'll all be fine.
1: He's in his office now, sitting behind his desk, taking notes. There's a thick file folder in front of him, right next to a, a phone. A landline.
2: I told you, Catherine. I ain't gonna let anyone hurt
1: you. I gotta get him out of there. Oh, my head, it's swimming. But but if I can get to the phone, it... Uh, hey. Can, uh... Can I get some more water? I'm really thirsty. Of course. Oh, just wait until he's in the kitchen, and... Oh, I'm, I'm dizzy. I knock over a choir of his whittled, winged children from a table, I... Something's. I'm uh, in his office. I'm sweating suddenly, feeling really out of it. My feet don't want to go where I want them to go. What's happening? Uh, I fall into his chair. Mel is aftershave the thick file folders open it's old, stained worn filled with and pages there are, uh, there are drawings like the kind I've seen in anatomy books cross sections of locusts and cicadas dissected human hands and mouths humans and insects pulled apart and rendered from every angle. There's a photo of a little girl with red hair, naked on an exam table. She's staring at the kangaroo with angry eyes. She's, uh... She's... My my vision's getting blurry, but... That's, uh... Who is that?
2: Relax now. You'll be just fine. What?
1: Oh. What did you. you
2: know, I thought when that witch sent you away, I'd never see you again. I've been trying to keep up with you as best I can, and now here you are.
1: I can't keep my eyes open. I know. i got to get to the phone. My hands don't work.
2: Now, now. No need to call anyone. It's our little secret.
1: I'm go... gone. I'm dark. I have to... run. We are born in darkness. We are born blind. Animals in wombs, seeds in soil, insects in eggs and cocoons. Our first instincts are to thrash about, to strike at the darkness so that we might know where it ends and we begin. We can hear, but there is only the sound of Mother. We can smell, but there is only the scent of Earth. And then we taste... And then, the light pours in a horrible thing from an alien world. We reach out, hands and tendrils scooping through the soil, dragging ourselves forward. Are we going into it? Or trying to flee? But we have no choice. The filth of our birth clings to our skin, and we rise unfurl our wings in the unimaginable sun, feel its heat on our leaves. Now we see. The world stands before us, trembling at our birth. We draw breath and scream. Trying um, to get my eyes open. The dream calls me back and that's reason enough to resist. So... So heavy. Where, where am I? There's a bare bulb across the room. I can't quite focus. It's cold. No windows. Uh, in a cellar? I'm uh on some sort of exam table in the uh, I can't move. I'm in I'm in medical restraints. My arms bound above my head. My feet are in stirrups. Legs apart, knees spread. There's something across my chest, a strapper. <laughs> I'm naked I have a sheet over me but otherwise I'm no 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 <coughs> oh, fuck the room is filled with ancient medical supplies some stuff from the 40s and 50s maybe like you'd see in a war movie trays a gurney these uh, giant steel implements that look like they belong in a torture chamber God, what is he going to do to me? Ah, oh, there's this smell, musty and damp, and a chemical odor, and formaldehyde and alcohol. There's old gas cylinders of ether, beakers and bunsen burners and Wait. Uh... Shelves and shelves of glass jars. Big ones. Filled with amber and greenish liquids. There are dark shapes floating in them. Preserved specimens. They're half in shadow but I can see... a hand. A tiny, human hand. Floating in the next jar is baby with a huge misshapen head and next to that god this little child looks like it's been turned inside out hairy protrusions growing out of its flesh right in front of me is a jar that has a pair of insect wings as big as my hand submerged in embalming fluid on the bottom of it like cast-off debris or tiny teeth and two eyes, each looking off in a different direction, their irises glimmering in alien purple. One of them, I-, I swear, is looking right at me. here, you cocksucker. What are you going to do to me?
2: I'm Catherine. I'm your doctor. I really must examine you.
1: Examine? Huh? You sick bastard. Don't you fucking touch me.
2: Now, I admit my interest is somewhat personal, but I promise this is all strictly clinical. I would never do anything inappropriate with you, Catherine. You're like my daughter.
1: Help! Somebody help me!
2: I doubt anyone can hear you. Well, tell you true, most of the people here aren't too keen on you anyway. But don't worry. I've had a talk with them, and we've come to an understanding about you. So long as you're in my care here, they'll let you be.
1: You're insane! This whole town is insane! I'm
2: trying to help you, Catherine. I'm on your side here. It's been a long day. I'm pretty near wore out. I had to deal with poor Michael, take care of his body, take a few samples. I did save your life from it. Not that you have to feel obligated. I am your doctor. But a little understanding would be much appreciated.
1: So you're looking out for me. So you have to get me out of here. You have to get me to safety. Let me go. Untie me at least
2: see about that. You're an uncooperative patient. We'll talk. After we're finished here.
1: You sick fuck.
2: I did give you a look-see while you were under. Took some x-rays. But there's some things you need to be awake for.
1: Why are you doing this?
2: Because you're one of my angels. In fact, you're the brightest and best of them all. What? We do the best we can as you can see from the specimens here lots of failures but not you
1: all those babies in jars all those dissected body parts human flesh and insect cotton fingers and cloths mouths and mandibles wrecked in collision with each other they tower over me on the table that eye in the jar... That eye is looking at me. Michael's misshapen face and what he said to me, it... I, I don't understand. These... These things are...
2: Angels. All of them. Found on the mountainside, just like you. His children which makes them your kin after a fashion. Astonishing, aren't they? Pity they don't always live. But I get better every time. You learn so much from careful study. Uh, Of course, with you, I didn't have to do all that much. You were... near perfect. Honestly, something of a miracle, I'd say. Oh, I have something to use. One second.
1: This is... I can't deal with this madness. Get me out of here. I have to get out of here. I...
2: Here we are.
1: He holds up a little plastic bag. Inside are a pair of jagged-edged insect mandibles. Little daggers. The color of sun shells about as long as a finger.
2: Your baby teeth.
1: Talking about that's that's well, you're an
2: easy extraction you probably still have the scars in your heart palate.
1: I run my tongue over them along the roof of my mouth two rough spots I've always had them I, I don't understand
2: just a couple other little snips here in my head you look like anyone else uh, well the groceries. Still some remarkable internal variations. They're still there on the x-ray. A Couple of structures along your spine. They've gotten relatively larger since I saw you. Something around your larynx. Your bones are all shaped just a little differently, but not as much as you'd notice. Now that you're here, we'll figure out what they are together. Wait. There's something I'd like to look at now. Wait. You probably felt a hard place in your perineum, yes? Uh, the perineum is the spot between your anus and your... I t-
1: know what the perineum is.
2: Good, good.
1: Uh,
2: you felt that, then? Feels like something under the skin? Something firm? Like a little bump?
1: I have. I, I never thought about it. Is Is it not supposed to be there? I... uh... yes. I have a theory
2: about that tried manipulating it while you were under but there was no response so I see what happens when you're awake.
1: No, Stop. Turn the Stop it.
2: A little further pressure now.
1: I said stop. Uh,
2: um.
1: He does. His hand drops to his side and he stares at me mystified. Keep your hands off of me.
2: Uh, Yes. Yes, all right.
1: What just happened? I don't know. I I don't think he does either. He frowns at me, then at himself. Looking around like he's suddenly lost. Back away.
2: Now, Angel...
1: Don't fucking call me Angel. And don't call me Catherine, either. I'm Wren. Now back away.
2: Yes. Yes, of course, uh, Wren.
1: Just... just wait a minute. Okay?
2: All, all right. I'd never hurt you. You're the best he's ever made. Who? We uh we don't say his name. They call him the gentleman. The jarfly man, the gang The love talker. The mountain children. There he is. This work's astounding. Sure, there are mistakes and missteps. Quasimodo like Michael, but I chalk that up to bad material. It's more than I can do. But you...
1: You're perfect.
2: I can learn so much from you, Aze... Ren.
1: What are you talking about?
2: The sister and the other papists think he's the devil. Others some... Fairy spirit, but... They put up their sigils and... Burn their sage for protection for the good it does them. No. He's as real as you or I, but... Old. Been here forever. Been here since the mountain itself. I bet. There are accounts of his work stretching back to the earliest days of Kildon. Taking his women, his children, found on the mountainside. He's an artist. Who is this? I reckon he's your father. I don't... Maybe it's a kind of magic, just not the kind the sisters practice. The way he finds his women, the way he talks to them. Yes, it is a tragedy what happens, but we're witnessing something profound right here on the mountain. A miracle in the mundane world.
1: What happens to them? To the women?
2: Well, most go missing. Some go mad, but... You know, by the time he's finished talking to him, they want to go with him. And why not? To have a chance to touch the divine.
1: You admire him. Look around
2: here. Look at these samples I've seen. Scraps of his handiwork. There is miraculous genius in this. And I aim to help that along. I heard him, of course, calling in the night, like everyone. Never seen him, though. One day, I hope I do. One day, I'll show him how I've looked after his children, followed in his footsteps, learned from his example. And there's you. You who we thought was gone forever. now you're back. I'm sure he'll want to see you again. Maybe I can bring you to him. No,
1: no! You let me go!
2: But that can wait. There's still a lot to study about you first. Maybe in... Incision in your perineum. No, let out that. Wait, oh, wait, this might hurt, and I'm sorry about that.
1: Oh, shit, he's got a scalpel. He's soaking the cotton ball with alcohol. <laughs> Stop.
2: Uh, I really think this will be a help.
1: Put down, down the, the goggles. Look at me. Look at me. Yes. Uh, yes. He gives me all his attention. His eyes wide behind his glasses. Wrapped. Confused. awed. I've seen that look before on so many men's faces. On Frankie's. On Tyler's. I wonder... Take off your glasses. What? You take, take them off. off.
2: Alright, but uh, I don't see very well without them.
1: In the harsh light of the basement, his face looks pasty and soft without them. Weak. Step on them. What? You like looking at me. You like having me here, helpless and exposed, so you can look at me all you like, don't you?
2: I'm just uh, curious. I'm interested in you. You're special. You're beautiful.
1: You've looked at me enough. Put your glasses on the floor and step on them. But
2: I. I...
0: Step
1: on them. <sighs> Okay. Okay. I, uh... I don't know what this is, but... Okay. Untie me. Free, Free me. me. Yeah.
2: Yes. All right.
1: Where are my clothes? About the door. Get out of my way.
2: What are you doing to me?
1: I don't know. Feels like I'm only doing to you what you did to me.
2: You can't go out there. They'll hurt you. They're afraid of you. Good. They won't let you leave. They want you dead.
1: The feeling's mutual.
2: But you're special. They'll want to see you again. Let me take you to him.
1: About a month ago, a woman came here, hacking the Appalachian Trail. Her name was Janet Morris. Did she die here?
2: You... uh, You don't understand.
1: Did Did she she die die here? here? Yes. And did this... This love talker kill her? Yes. And did you know this when the police came? Yes. Where is her body?
2: They, uh... They burnt it. Or was left of it. The sister and the other papists.
1: Why? Why would they hide it?
2: The outside world can't know. They wouldn't understand. They'd destroy the miracle.
1: Give me the keys to the door. Up the bottle of alcohol.
2: Wait. Wait.
1: Pour, Pour it, it over overhead. your head.
2: Please. Hmm. Please don't.
1: You have a ladder? Matches? A get it. I want you to count to 100. And when you get there. Mm-hmm. Lot the alcohol.
2: Please,
1: Uh, just Count. count one,
2: two, three, four, five, six, seven.
1: Let him count in the dark. All the lights are out in Doc's house. It's not. The clock in the kitchen says it's almost eleven. I don't know what just happened down there. I, I, I don't have time to think about it. I, I gotta get out of here. Um, right, the the phone in his office. Uh, better keep quiet. your emergency hello yeah I've um I've been taken hostage and uh there are people trying to kill me I need help right away there are people trying to kill you yes yes hurry please what's your location I'm at the doctor's house in Kilruin where Kilruin Kilruin okay can you tell me where that is it's southwest of Kibkibny up the mountain Okay. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Do you have a street address? What? No! The streets don't have names up here. Okay, I'm sorry, honey, but can you give me a landmark or maybe a... Fuck. I can't wait. I'll be dead by the time Andy and Opie figure it out. All right. Keep low. Front door. I just need to get out of here. Get down the road before they see me. Then... Hack toward Kib Kibney or maybe Dogwood. Get some help there. Oh, fuck, this is gonna suck with my hurt ankle. The town is dark, except for the streetlight. I don't see anyone. But the shadows are long and the trees are thick. The hillside's too steep here to try and stay completely off the road. Not to mention how noisy it will be moving through the brush without a lot. All yeah, right. Oh, stick to the shadows. Move fast. Pass the well, up along the church wall, and oh shit! They're in the church. The red windows are lit from inside by candles, throwing bloody patterns across the ground outside. Someone's playing music someone's chanting silhouettes of people inside what are they doing Uh, who cares shit I'm going heading past the hostel approaching the general store now that damn streetlight so uh, I cross over to the other side of the road try to stay out of its glow my car is still there but no point in trying that Go, Ren, come on. Oh, Jesus. Who... The Love Talker Episode 6, Metamorphosis, was written, directed, and sound designed by W. Keith Timms, engineered and composed by M.T. Goins. Featuring Lev Rodriguez-Shivers as Ren, Odd Andrews as Doc, Will Sanker as Charles, Aaron B. Lillis as Operator, and John Cava as Tyler. The Love Talker is a production of Alien Ghost Robot and Celebrity Tumor, and is produced by C.J. Penrith and Nancy C. Timms. For more information, visit thelovetalker.com. Tell your friends and family about the show and kindly leave stars or reviews on your favorite podcast platforms. And be careful out there on the mountain. I wanted to ask you about dreams.
2: Dreams are the refraction of our own experiences through a distorted
1: lens. I just need to know if it's possible for one to come true. Find the chrysalis in the void. Only for you will
0: it open. The Starbringer Kings were so named because that was what we were destined to do. Bring the stars to the people. I think the picture you are trying to shape is
2: too big. It is easy to get lost in things that seem simple. Things like titles. You are destined to be our next messiah. The Trulian. The Super. The Shipbuilder. The ride. Monster. An abomination. 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 We are gods. that come early, to hate you. All this to say, do not get lost in them as I have.
0: The Madness of Chartrullian. Wherever you find your favorite podcasts, learn more at chartrullian.com.
1: That memory jumps to an interior. (sighs) I will tell you about that time I worked as a courier. I will tell it, and it will linger.
2: Celebrity Tumor presents
0: Delivery I know you got questions about him. Where did he come from? How did he do all those things they say he did? Was he a terrorist? Was he crazy? Was his skin really blue. Well, I'll tell you what I know. I was there with him, driving through the back roads under the stars. I was witness to wonders and miracles, and to the darkness that's coursing through the veins of our country. He came to fight it in his own strange way, but no one leaves that fight unchanged. Not even Rayel. People ought to know the truth. And I was there. The Book of Constellations is a down-to-earth sci-fi road trip. It's audio fiction, and you can find episodes at bookofconstellations.com or wherever you get your podcasts.